Kelly, it's been two weeks. I missed you. And Did you? I've been I feel waiting. Like we actually talked like on Sundays. <laughs> you just blew my cover. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, we've missed our audience <laughs> to our conversations. I've missed recording with you, right, Kelly. Right. Uh, but I am I am wanting to know, and we saved this conversation for True. the podcast. I know that you, you know, we were talking about you being sick in being in Davos, Switzerland, in the most amazing place in the mountains and being sick. So how did the race go? Yeah, I think I actually like listened to the podcast uh, that we recorded when I was really sick. And I was like, oh, I did not sound good. No, you <laughs> no. sounded rough. I sounded yeah. rough. So I tried to start. I was a lot better and it didn't go well, Sarah. I think the problem is you combine altitude with still being really stuffed up and like not being able to breathe and coughing. And like, I just, when you're already can't breathe because you're at 8,000 feet, you can't like lose the extra lung capacity. It like didn't work. Yeah. You can't afford that. No. And so there definitely was just this like point where it was just like all of a sudden, like, nope. And all of a sudden, like everyone with me, like was gone. And I was like, literally, this is true. Veering into oncoming traffic because I couldn't see straight. I was like, oh, but I did what you told me, Sarah. I kept thinking like, well, am I going the hardest I can right now? And this is my internal monologue, Sarah. I was like, are you going the hardest you can? Yes. Yes, I am. And then me looking down at my computer, your hardest isn't very good right now. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Right. But were you, did you feel good about that? Did you feel good about at well, least the, doing the, the best that you could? Yeah. The day? But then like the next sentence was, you know, you're probably not going to finish this, right? Yeah. Like that's what was going on in my head. I basically just started yeah. coughing too hard. I like almost crashed. So gosh, well, I am sorry to hear that. Yeah. So it's better okay, things though. to come. Yeah. We're, it's one of those ones where you're like, we're forgetting about it. it didn't happen. Was a weird trip though, Sarah. Cause I like went to Switzerland and laid on a couch in an Airbnb and watched Netflix. So really got the full Switzerland experience. I feel right. like that's so funny. I have so many race experiences like that where <laughs> the only thing I've seen, like you, at least you saw Flula pass. Right. That's Twice. beautiful. Yeah. Right. There you go. You're good. You saw you saw everything you needed to see. Everything. I also like got in an argument with the pharmacist in Davos in like half English. See, it's basically the Swiss Swiss experience. That's right. Perfect. You also went somewhere though. That's why we didn't record. I also went to altitude. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Lisa Ingerfield and I, who she's my co-founder on the Outspoken Summit, and we went to um, Boulder, Colorado to, we were leading a panel on women in sport at the Training Peaks It's a Summit. big topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> broad topic. It's the, it's actually the Endurance Coaching Summit. And yeah, it was a broad topic. And that's what we kept saying is how are we going to cover everything that needs to be covered in this topic in an hour? So we started with some, you know, broad strokes about <laughs> women in sport, about, women. <laughs> um, about some of the challenges. And then we brought it down to sort of what coaches could do. I, f- I feel like it was, it, I feel like it went pretty well. People are, here's what I have to say about it. Compared to four years ago, because we know I've been beating this drum for a few years. You've been doing, what is it? Somebody said this one time, you've been doing that women thing forever yeah, th- yeah. the women thing the i've women been doing thing. the women thing since like 2012 <laughs> <laughs> and um but people are starting to shift um in terms of their receptiveness to the message around that it is actually cultural barriers in the ether that we can't see like messaging that we get as kids that sometimes right. tell us that we're not as good as the guys at doing certain things um or that coaches will treat us differently or that those kinds of things so i think it took a while but uh people are starting to listen and i i feel really good about it good see and now we're back on our regularly scheduled program so and everybody's you know happy to have us back. 
Of course they are. They're smiling right now, I bet. Coming up on the show, we have exciting, feisty news about Kona and the Outspoken Summit. Can the Pro Triathletes Organization buy Kona? Wow, that was a strange sentence. Okay. <laughs> when to go no, when to go public and talk about your injuries and one of my fave voicemails of all time. Sarah, I hear they have noon endurance in Canada now. Oh, Canada baby, finally. I use the sport tabs, the basic tabs at CrossFit. Well, I use the noon endurance. Citrus mango is the way to go and now you can try that too in, you know, up north. Up here in Canada, you can order any of these or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home. (laughs) The code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at NoonNess, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so people always ask me about Outspoken and, like, Live Feisty and Iron Woman. I'm always, like, I feel like I'm disappointing them, Sarah, when I have to say, I don't know everything. We're a a big organization, people. It's huge, huge. (laughs) So I feel like there were all these updates and news happening. And I actually, tell me, Sarah, update me on what is going on. There's a few things happening. Okay, so let's start with the summit. This week, so the week, this comes out on a Friday. So I think on Tuesday of this week, we announced that we're having a Women in Triathlon Awards dinner at the summit. Well, you're like, I mean, we're having dinner anyway, right? Like, even if I don't get an award, I can have dinner. Even if you don't get an award, you can have (laughs) dinner. And even if you, you can be nominated and receive an award and not be at the summit as well. So there's no exclusions. We just want the best women to win the awards. There you go. Right. So we launched this on Tuesday. If you go to, I mean, it will be on my social media. It's on outspoken, all of at outspoken, what is it? Outspoken women and try now. And you can find the link and you can nominate your friends, right? So there's a bunch of categories. There's race director of the year, coach of the year, athlete of the year. There's a memorial award. In the, in the name of uh, Bethany Rutledge, who passed away earlier right. in the year. There's Outspoken Woman of the Year. And there's also a Media Contribution Award, which <clears throat> anyone could nominate anybody if they wanted to. <laughs> just, just saying. Just, just want to put that just out, there. It out there. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm also going to say there's 0% chance that we're awarding ourselves an award. <laughs> oh, my God. that Not that we've ever been to conferences where that happened. So, no, that's no. never happened. <laughs> Um, so yes, basically go find the link. Actually, we'll put the link in the show notes, make it easy. We'll put the link in the show notes, go on there. It's very easy. You just have to nominate, tell which friend you want to nominate and tell us why. And we really want to celebrate kind of all the great, there's, we know that there's great people doing great work for intraathlon women and we want to know about it and we want to know all the stories. So please go on there and tell us, make the effort. We will appreciate it. And the last thing about the summit is that the there's another ticket price increase that happens on September 30th. So, so if you're planning your tickets, on coming, yeah. go get your tickets before September 30th, which I is I actually booked Monday. my flight today too, Sarah. See, I'm ready. Ooh. 
You're ready to go. I'm coming. It's happening. See, you do know all kinds of things about the summit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's happening. It's happening. I also it's know happening. Kona's happening. And you guys Kona. are going to be there. It's coming up too quickly. I am rushing to get everything ready. But yes, I am going with Ashley Wiles. And we are doing the Iron Women coverage where we, we interview 30 plus uh, pro women ahead of the race and we start those interviews on Wednesday. So if this is Friday when you're listening or whatever day you're listening, (laughs) Wednesday, October 2nd, we start those interviews and they are live on the Iron Women Facebook page. Um, And I also have a third team, a feisty number three coming with us this year (laughs) called Taylor. And she is amazing. And she's going to be helping us with all the action on the ground in Kona. And then also we are launching a new show on race week. We're partnering with Fitter Radio That's Bevan McKinnon from New Zealand. And Bevan and I are recording a daily news show that will be about. Oh my God. Is it going to be like all the gossip? Like all all the gossip. All the on the ground gossip. Like what happened at the pool? Yeah. Our rule is that like no segment can be longer than 90 seconds. So it's going to be fairly fast action. Bevan and I talking about what's happening, finding out all the information, grabbing an athlete and. And getting someone told me here's here's your first news item. Someone told me the Kona pool is going to still be under construction. (gasps) (laughs) Did Ashley tell you that? Because she was there and put that on our Iron Women story. Uh, No, someone emailed me. People email me gossip, Sarah. I'm going to have to just forward it to you so that you have all of the most up to date. Oh yeah. Okay. If you guys, or you could just email me the gossip (laughs) or if you have gossip, email me and I can go out and find out if it's true and then tell you on the news show. There you go. There you go. Do some actual reporting. It'll be great. (laughs) So that show is going to be called Fitter and Feisty. And we have some great partners on it. We're going to have a studio. I'm I'm so excited. So that's why we need a team of... Now we're up to four because I also have a videographer coming and he's amazing. So we have a real team, Kelly. It's happening. Oh my God. Do you have media passes and everything? Oh, I think so. Yeah. It's funny they have, they give us media passes. I'm always shocked, but they do. So they give everyone media passes, which brings us to our other news that happened this week that isn't feisty news. It's, it's, you know, it's gossip. Uh, The PTO, which always sounds funny to me because I guess in, not in, in America, the PTO is the parent teacher organization at your local school, (laughs) but the PTO, the pro triathletes organization published a public letter on Monday saying they would like to enter negotiations with Iron Man to, or with Wanda to buy Iron Man from Wanda. Obviously it would be a big deal if it actually happens, but also obviously I could have published a public letter <laughs> saying I would like to enter negotiations <laughs> to buy Iron Man. So. so true. So true. Okay. I, first of all, okay, <laughs> let's not skip over this, how amazing it would be if, uh, the pro effectively the, what is the pro athlete union mm-hmm. in triathlon that's not quite running as a union as it should right. but that this would obviously this would make or break it it running as a union would own iron man i mean this would take the bring the power back to the athletes um we'd probably see some of the gender equity issues that we're that we've been banging the drum about for a while come to fruition it would just actually be amazing for the sport all around so i i would love it if this really happened oh it'd be interesting i'm trying to think of other sports where the athletes own a portion of like the league there's certainly sport models like major sport models where that is like kind of it there's different different well, ways golf, they're structured yeah i'm not entirely sure <laughs> people would people, someone else will know this but in golf doesn't the like doesn't the golf the pro union have a lot of power well they have a lot of power i don't know that they actually literally like own the events though sarah let's be let's be real you know if they have a stake in the pga 
Actually, they are the PGA. I think the they tour. started yeah, the PGA. Yeah, they, yeah. they are the PGA. Golf Man. is the example. Right. That's good. That's a good point. Good point. Way to go there. So I'm glad we've t- thought this through in real time instead of well, doing I was our here research. Thinking, I was sitting here thinking like basketball versus football. Like those are structured right. differently. They're fr- whatever. Anyway, it would be really crazy if the athletes actually owned a stake in the events that they're participating in. It would totally probably change things. Not like all. It wouldn't mean like all our problems would be addressed tomorrow because, you know, it's not like all the athletes athletes agree on everything, but it would be fascinating. There are also obviously some huge questions <laughs> like where is the money going to come from? What is Park the example. offer? Yeah. <laughs> Who is backing this? Do you think that they possibly did the letter in order to get a response in terms of people who might come along and, and help them and help back this? That would certainly be a theory. Yes. The PTO also announced a new CEO at the same time on Monday, uh, Sam Renouf, who has some legit cred as a head of different endurance sports things. Like he came from active. He was also, you know, a former pro triathlete. And so I think there's some sense that he knows what he's doing and we're going to get some real movement now. And he's been talking with actual financial advisors and they have actual lawyers looking at this and proposals. So, you know, there may actually be some, some behind the scenes work happening. There may actually be something happening that we don't know about. That would be amazing. Uh, that would be how these things usually happen. I feel like usually Mm -hmm. if there's a massive deal being made, they're not like, uh, calling up Kelly and Sarah and telling us, right? It, the, the announcement comes after the deal has been made. That, oh, but yeah, but what I was about to say was the PTO has had some trouble following through with all of their previous promises. So maybe That's the true. sense is that this guy is going to help actually get them organized and on track. Yeah, I mean, it, the various forms of the union that have come up over over the generations have always oh, yeah. struggled to get traction. And I think that like... I think that every generation also realizes at some point that most of the money and the power lies with Iron Man. Well, okay. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about why it's been so hard. Cause this question comes up over and over and over again, every five, 10, whatever years, why is it so hard for triathletes to organize and unionize? Uh, it's not like the issues that face individual triathletes are not the same issues that face individual farm workers or individual teachers or individual like steel work, right? Like every time there's been a union effort ever, these are the same issues that have that people have faced. That is what unionizing is, right? (laughs) That you could lose your job, that you can't afford like to lose the work, that you're putting your like financial security on the line. Those are all always the issues. So other industries have still overcome those things and triathlon has it. Does that make sense? So so basically don't tell me that like, oh, nobody wants to risk it. That's true of everything, like whatever. No, I mean, if, okay, think about, this is what I think is that if, so if teachers go on strike, it affects the whole, like there's a domino effect on the whole economy, yeah, right? Yeah. If uh, truck drivers go on strike, same thing. If nurses go on strike, same thing. If pro triathletes go on strike, I'm not convinced that Iron Man wouldn't just shrug their shoulders and go, who gives a fuck? People would still sign up for Ironmans and go to them. The, the level in the of short power, term. Yeah, in the yeah. short term, yeah. It would affect the sport in the long term, right. but it, it's a lot less, um, there's a lot less leverage there than there is if all the teachers in your state go on strike. Yeah, but here's the other thing about strikes, and this is like my like other half of like having to listen to political organizing stuff okay. <laughs> in, my real, in my real life. In um, your real life? Okay. In my real life. Strikes are all about perception, right? And how they are perceived by the public, right? It's all about the story. So even teachers or 
here it was a like transit workers on a track. There's a there's a break point where the public is no longer with you, right? There's a point where they're like everyone's with the transit worker and then they're no longer with them because it's a pain in the ass and you like need to catch the train and like whatever, right? Yeah. So if strikes are really all about public image and story and a break point, why don't like we could get around that? We could tell our we could we could make it worth people's while to be invested in prose, right? That you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, uh, yes, you are correct that they have nothing to lose. Like their hospital isn't going to shut down if pro triathletes go on strike. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they'll be with us for longer because their hospital isn't going to shut down, right? Like, do you know what I'm saying? There's not mm-hmm. like a point where they're going to then be like, well, okay, fuck it. Now you've made my life too shitty. So I feel like we could, I feel, I feel like there's more leverage than we're giving ourselves credit for, basically. There probably is some leverage because in the past, think about this in all like, so over the history of the decades of like different iterations of pro unions and associations, there have been times where someone has said, we want equal prize money in ITU or we're not racing Mm -hmm. and it happened. Right. Yeah. So there have been things that worked. Right. But on a, on a, sorry to be the devil's advocate there, but (laughs) to be, that happened like that was in, um, France. Right. When they had the first ITU World Championship right. in 1989, and they said that they wanted the the some of the male and female elite athletes charged into the ITU meeting and said we want equal prize money. Right. Um, but that's a that's a federation, right? And they're trying to. And at that time, they were thinking Olympic Games. You know, they right. were trying to get this thing up and running. So where they were at was that they really needed their pro athletes and they're, they're elite athletes. And so they needed to appease them um, yeah. at that time. So I guess it's like, okay, if, if we're going to say that the pros in the long course, Ironman pros have leverage, where are the leverage points? We would need to sort of identify those and then use them. Oh, if nobody showed up for Kona, like Ironman would be shitting their fucking pants, but that's not going to happen. Right. Like, I mean, it's not going to happen soon. It could, but it's not. And if, like, think about like the women's hockey team, the U.S. women's hockey team said, we're not going to go to the world championships. That like, yeah. that's a huge sacrifice for them, but they got what they fucking wanted because the U.S. can't afford, like, it looks bad if you don't, if your whole team, and, and not only like, were they not going to go, but nobody was going to be a scab. Like they talked to everyone. No one went, right? Yeah, did you remember that? They called, yeah. remember that woman we interviewed that She time? called like 200 people and yeah. talked to every single one of them and convinced them that like, this was going to be better in the long run. So if no one should up to Kona and like not even like it didn't it couldn't you know it could roll down all the way to me and I would be like nope right if no one came that would be a big point right like that would be that yeah think about like when there was you remember when there was the bullshit eight percent rule like you had to be within eight percent of the winner's time you didn't get your prize money yeah and Chrissy Wellington like stopped at the finish line and like waited Julie Dibbins Julie did right multiple people did and it looked fucking stupid and that rule went away because it was stupid right like there were multiple ways that they were shamed into getting rid of that rule true um i also yeah Mm -hmm. i do think if you if you add in this imagine that the collins cup gets up and going also Mm -hmm. run by the same pto organization um and everybody went to that instead of kona boom so the collins cup has been the thing for everybody to know collins cup has been the thing that the pto announced like two or three years ago that they were going to pit like the best pros against each other in like teams and there was gonna be a ranking there's gonna be tons and tons of money and they've had to delay it two years in a row now, which is partially why everyone's been a little bit like, oh, can the PTO deliver? We need to see some delivering. I do. I also think that um, having been around entrepreneurs um, a oh, lot yeah. the last couple of years, that those kind of bigger, like the kind of money they need to get something like the Collins Cup off the ground, right? Or the kind of 
the, what they need to get a proper PTO off the ground is going to take a few years and there will be stuff happening behind the scenes. And that's the kind of thing that like, if you have the right people with the right vision and they just keep going and going and going, eventually it will happen. So I hope that that is what is happening behind the scenes is that there are people who are just so committed it's to possible. this that they, that they want to see it happen. Cause I think, you know, we, you know what it's like, it's a, uh, with the Collins cup, it's an all or nothing proposition, right? So if right. they're out looking for funders, it can be on the turn of a dime. Somebody says, yes, I'll fund your whole thing. Boom. You know, but you could have asked a thousand people before that. So right. that's just how it goes with that stuff. Yeah. But like, you don't, you shouldn't, I mean, this is the other half of me that's like, yeah, but you shouldn't announce a fucking race that has all this prize money. If you don't have the money, that doesn't make any sense. I'll take that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, yeah, there is something about putting it out there. You know, like yeah, we talk I know, about with- I know. You're always, we, this is like the arguments we have about entrepreneurship. We are like, let's just get it out there that we can just make it better. Just put it out into the ether and that, we're, like, that this is what we want. Let's make it better and then put it out there. <laughs> but like, you know, people like, like set their goals. They say them publicly. We even did this in the podcast. I know. People, we invited I, I people know. to share their goals publicly and then you're accountable. Yeah, fuck it. I don't need to be more accountable to people. Which brings us to our next point, Sarah. How public should you be about injuries? Okay. So this has come up a bunch lately because I don't know. You know, it's the end of the year. Everyone's like a little hurt. And Marinda Carfrey posted that, oh, surprise, she actually like broke a bone in her hand three weeks ago and didn't tell anyone has been struggling with one arm swimming. And there's somebody else. Anyway, there's been a lot of talk more and more recently about how open you should be because the it definitely used to be that sponsors didn't want you to say anything about being hurt. They, you know, that was not the image you were supposed to portray. Mm-hmm. Pros definitely, there's a lot of element of like, you don't want your competitors to know any weaknesses. You don't want to, but now with social media, with, you know, transparency and connecting to fans, there's definitely more of a push to relating to people. Yes. But you don't need to share like every fucking thing. How open should you be? How open are you? What, you know? Uh, I totally think this is an individual thing. So for well, people who are comfortable being open, right, then they then they totally should be. And I know I know this from, you know, from week on week of doing the Iron Women podcast and then mm-hmm. hearing the feedback on the Iron Women podcast that people love it when I someone else do. tells their story and they relate to it and they know how to. And then we all learn about how to cope with injury, especially on the mental side. Right. So this is it's definitely a thing. And I definitely think it's a thing we should talk about more for, with people who are comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, honestly, if you're not comfortable talking about stuff, you're probably not that out there on social media anyway. Yeah. But there's still, right. there's a huge, huge difference between talking like Holly Lawrence. I've listened to her talk a lot lately about going through how bad her foot break was last year and thinking that her, she was never going to run again. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a difference about talking about it after the fact, when you're now second best in the world and winning all the regional championships and you can say, Oh my God, I cried for four weeks and I handled it really badly. And it was terrible. She wasn't saying that during it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think that would have been good for her emotionally to be on Instagram wallowing about how terrible everything was. Yeah, that's true. For some people, that kind of posting, you're, you're calling it wallowing. But for some people, it could be cathartic, right? Yeah, like yeah, now yeah. I've told everybody, everybody gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of, oh, poor you and consoles you. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. And then you just and then you kind of move on. Right. But for other people, that would cause them to focus too much on the injury. And probably they should not be sharing and should probably be mentally focusing on something else, like the things they can do. Like in Rennie's case, probably running and biking. Yeah. yeah. She's been focused on the things she can do. I do think that I think and uh, and this is going to be all right. It's going to be a thing that people people are going to message me about. 
I think there's a softness to the social media and everyone's too fucking soft. And you say like, oh my God, I hurt my knee. And everyone goes, it's okay. You just do what you can do. We know you'll come back. And somebody needs to say fucking, you know, deal with it. Do what you like, move on, whatever. You see what I'm saying? Everyone always says, always consoles you on social media. Everyone always says, oh my God, I know you're going to come back. Oh my God, that's terrible. Okay. So, so now, okay. I know what I'm going to comment on your social media now from now on. You're going to say, fucking get over it. No, I'm going to say like, harden the fuck up. Exactly. That's going to be my new thing for Kelly. Kelly, harden the fuck up. I do. Um, I also think obviously there's a really big difference between a very distinct injury where you crash your bike or you break a bone. That's there's no hiding from that, right? Like that happened. It happened. Uh, did you see? Oh, this happened today, or she posted today. Sky Munch. Yes, I did. Unfortunately, terrible accident. She said she basically doesn't remember. Some guy found her in the middle of the road and took her to the hospital, which is insane uh yeah and she's preparing for kona too well she's right? not like now she's, yeah she's right she was on our, our hit list for the iron women interviews and uh yeah damn. i mean she's had a crazy good year like a huge breakout year and um yeah and anyway that's the kind of accident you're not hiding from that you're not pretending that didn't happen it happened you're not going to kona it's done i think there's a lot of injuries though the vast majority of injuries are niggles and i think that like pros they're not openly they're not consciously trying to not be open about it they're just thinking oh this i just need to go to art this will go away oh i just need to like stretch i'm sure this will be fine by two i'll just not run for two days and i'm sure it'll be fine you don't you just kind of keep managing yeah yeah sometimes by talking about it you focus on it and it makes it worse when you're just if you have a little overuse niggle right you're right you can just rest it off for a few days or or whatever do some massage and and, and uh, you don't want to like think to too go. hard about it because then you start doing weird shit, right? You start yeah. like running funny or biking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want, you know, you don't want to put out there every pain you got. And then yeah. someone is asking you, oh, well, what about that calf injury you had? And you're like, oh, what? You don't even know what they're talking about anymore because that you only took two days off running. And literally has happened to me. I've had people... <laughs> come up and be like oh my god so you recovered from and i had zero idea what thing they were talking about so So you've learned your lesson on this one exactly (laughs) amazing okay well after the break we have an amazing voicemail from a listener that i'm looking forward to we would like to thank noon hydration for supporting the podcast Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. Hi Kelly, hi Sarah, this is Brenda Smith and I have emailed Kelly a few times over the last several months and I am leaving a message today because I wanted to thank the two of you for the work that you are doing through this podcast and through the Iron Women podcast with respect to access for women um, 
and also just for us to continue to have a voice. And what is prompting this is the death of Cokie Roberts, who, Sarah, in case you don't know, because you live in Canada, Cokie Roberts was an amazing American journalist and a female journalist who was just the epitome of grace and decorum and really pushed back and asked the tough questions, but she was a tireless advocate for women and for access for women um, in places where we have not had access before. And a perfect example and a perfect story is a year ago she was um, on the line with NPR. She worked for NPR and ABC News. And a reporter was talking about women being granted the right to vote in the United States. And she interrupted the reporter and said, women were not granted the right to vote. We had the right to vote as American citizens, and we were not sitting around waiting for a bunch of men to tell us we could. And when I heard that quote, I laughed and I thought that that is something that one of the two of you would say, but it also made me think about the work that you're doing and just thanking you both for the work that you're doing. And also really think about that with Kona. Are we as women sitting around waiting for a group of men that are running Ironman to give us the permission for equal slots? That's just the question I want to pose. I just thought of it as I was mentioning Koki's quote. So, again, thank you so much. The two of you don't even realize that you are the work you're doing. You're standing on the shoulders of giants like Koki. And I look forward to listening to you every single week. Thank you. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching.